Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. Thanks for joining me today. It is that time of year. It's pretty busy. A lot of announcements are coming out, like the cost of living for Social Security, how much Medicare Part B is going up. That was announced just a little bit ago, as well as the tax planning tables for 2024. So for those people that are doing Roth conversions by the end of the year, that's helpful to be able to look at this year versus next year. So that certainly helps having those new tables available so you can make smart decisions. And if you've been a listener of this podcast for any length of time, you know that's what we're all about. We're all about incremental improvements and kind of just stacking the odds of your success. And it might just be 1% here or 2% there. But again, it's those incremental improvements that really, really just put the odds of success in your favor. Just get you a half a step or a step closer to a successful outcome. And so many people think that there's a magic bullet that you can go from a 60% success to 100% success. And there's nothing out there. There's no magic bullet. There's not an investment. There's not a secret way to go to Social Security and make a deal with them that is not available to everybody else. You can't go to a CPA and say, I've got a million dollars in my 401k and I need to pay no taxes in retirement. A lot of times that's just not possible. But there's a lot of ways that you can come up with strategies to kind of minimize your lifetime tax liability. So in most instances, you can't eliminate taxes, but you can control them. You can limit that tax bite, if you will. But on today's episode, I wanted to talk about developing a retirement blueprint, a retirement plan where both spouses are on the same page and they both understand the retirement plan. And I know maybe a listener is out there saying, well, my spouse really doesn't care too much about finances. It's not his or her thing. Their eyes glaze over and they just lose interest at the thought of talking about money or finances or retirement planning. So on today's episode, I wanted to kind of talk about how we fix that and how we develop a plan that is understandable and that makes sense. That it's not confusing, it's not overwhelming, and it cannot be too cumbersome. So that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. And then if we have time at the end, I wanted to go over some questions that I've actually received that are really, really good in meetings with not only podcast listeners, but also people that found us other ways outside of our podcast that are looking for guidance and help planning for retirement. So we're going to bring up hopefully those questions at the end of the episode. I think those are going to be really, really helpful for you. But before we get into all that, all that fun stuff on today's episode, I just wanted to remind listeners, check out our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. While you're there, you can listen to all of our previous episodes. There's over 150 previous episodes. This is in, gosh, I forget, either year three or four of doing this podcast. A lot of good stuff out there, and we'll keep the podcast going as long as we have listeners and people are submitting their questions, which you can do so at the website, the bottom, ask Greg a question. 
If you have questions I can help with, feel free to submit them there. And then a lot of listeners have signed up for 30-minute retirement coaching sessions. If you have questions very specific to your retirement and what you're trying to accomplish, go ahead and schedule a retirement planning session right there. All right, let's jump into today's topic, which is building a retirement blueprint, a retirement plan that is not only simple, it's concise, and it's forward-looking, and both spouses can be on the same page, they can understand it, they can have confidence in it, and that's what we're looking for. The challenge comes when, and I hear this very, very frequently, let's just say that's the husband, it's not always the husband, but the husband will say, well, my wife is just disinterested in talking about finances and numbers and money and all that kind of stuff. Finances are just not her cup of tea. She likes other things. So the big risk there is, in this example, let's say the husband is doing all the planning by himself and he's got no support. He's got just himself and he tells his wife, everything's gonna be okay. Well, what if something happens to the husband? Who does she have to turn to? And you might think, well, what could happen to the husband? A lot of things could happen to the husband. His health could decline. Heaven forbid there's a terrible accident and he passes away. All this kind of stuff. And meanwhile, she was kind of left in the dark with what their retirement plan looked like if there was a plan at all, right? And a lot of times the husband may do the best he can with the resources that he has. And you see this in business all the time when a business is operated and run by one person, there's a lot of risk there with that business. What if something happens to the owner operator? Well, in most instances, the business fails because you had one people who knew where everything was, how it was working, the money coming in, the money going out. I mean, the business just had to be scrapped at that point. And that's a sad, sad deal because think of all the years and the time and the effort that that owner operator spent developing and building that business. So what's a better situation? Well, a better situation is when husband and wife can be on the same page and work together and develop a retirement game plan or blueprint, and they both understand it. They both agree with the direction it's heading. And if something were to happen to either of them, they have a reference guide in that retirement plan to refer back to. And I'll never forget, it was last year. I don't know what time last year, but I met with this couple and I asked them to bring their retirement plan. They came into the office and they didn't have one. I said, oh, well, where is the retirement plan? And the husband pointed at his head, at his temple, and said, it's right here in my memory. I kind of chuckled and he chuckled too. And I said, well, wouldn't it be nice if we put pen to paper and then all three of us would have a documented plan to make decisions based on and be able to update as years go on and our lives evolve and our goals might even change as the years go on. And the guy sat back in his chair and he said, that's exactly why I'm here. So the worst thing a plan can do is if you don't understand it. So there might be a plan that maybe you had done through work or something like that, maybe a 401k company provided. I had this one woman that I spoke with, she sent me over her plan and she goes, Greg, I don't understand it. It's very generic. It doesn't very vanilla and it just it doesn't describe my life that I want to have in retirement. And she said, I don't know what the plan is assuming. It's saying I'm going to have millions of dollars and I just don't see how that's going to be. And she said, I just don't have a lot of confidence in it because I don't understand it and I don't know if we're going to be okay. 
So the plan has to be simple. It has to be concise and understandable. And more than anything, it has to be customized to what I call your retirement vision. What do you want your years in retirement, your life in retirement to look like? So how do you keep that spouse that's really not interested in finances and money and investments and all that kind of stuff? How do you keep them engaged and interested in this whole process? Well, you got to focus on, in my opinion, and again, this is just my opinion, you have to focus on the end goal here right? And the end goal is a successful outcome in retirement. Okay. And then I would ask you and your spouse, okay, what is that retirement vision? What does that look like? And then they kind of think, and they kind of say, well, we've thought about this. We want to do a little more traveling in retirement than we've done while we were working because we were limited on vacation time. We want to go visit the kids and grandkids regularly. We want to do X, Y, and Z. We want to volunteer. And so there's just describing their retirement vision. And so when we start with the end in mind, that's where all the magic happens. And you may have heard this before, but there was an interview with Thomas Watson. He was the guy who built the great company, Fortune 500 company, IBM. And they ask him, Mr. Watson, how did you build IBM? And he said, I just thought about what I wanted and I worked backwards. It's the same thing with retirement planning. Figure out what you want, what you want your retirement days to look like. And sometimes it can be a compromise, husband and wife. And believe me, I've been in meetings. It's been almost like marriage counseling. I say that jokingly, but sometimes retirement planning in formulating that retirement vision, there can be a bit of compromise there. I think in any happy marriage, there might be some compromise a lot of the times. Keep everybody happy. And naturally, we're not all going to agree on the same things, whether it's where we want to travel to or where we want to go out to eat. My wife likes a lot of different foods that I just don't like, and my stomach cannot handle them. So there's a bit of compromise there. What's going to make her happy? What's going to make me happy? And so then, okay, we've got our retirement vision spelled out. We can kind of say, okay, let's put a timeline on this. When do we want to retire? And then you can kind of say, husband and wife, do we agree on, again, this all goes into the retirement vision, when we want to retire, are we okay with it? Is the younger spouse going to continue to work and have the health insurance until they're both 65? Is one spouse going to work part-time in retirement? What's this all look like as far as a time frame? What's our goal here? Are we a couple years out from retirement? Are we many years out from retirement? Ideally. And some people say, well, gosh, I would retire tomorrow if I could afford it. And then we have to say, okay, let's just collect the resources that we have and analyze the resources, 401ks, Roth IRAs, all that stuff, and put some numbers around this to see if, okay, are we on track? Are we in the green? Are we in the yellow where uh, we're kind of close? Or are we maybe in the red where, okay, we're off track. We need to make some changes to your retirement plan because you're not going to make it at the pace you're at. And really, unless you make some adjustments now or in the near future, you might have to either adjust the retirement vision that you desire. By that, I mean pushing off the timeline and extending that or decreasing the lifestyle you have in retirement. So what do we do here? And so when you're talking in these terms, it is very, very simplified. Husband and wife can be on the same page. 
okay, that makes sense. And then sometimes you get into the nitty gritty and you don't have to. You don't have to get into the weeds that far as far as the very, very minute details. And by that, I mean, a lot of times there's Roth conversions and tax strategies. There's actually five different tax strategies that we regularly use to, again, just kind of stack the odds. What I find when you start really getting into the details too far with the spouse that is more disinterested in the financial concepts, sometimes they can become lost or confused. And those those minute details, it's kind of like what color paint? Well, are we going to do like a royal blue or a navy blue? Those kind of details that are more maybe technical sometimes. We've got to be careful that you don't focus on those, but you focus on the overall direction of the plan and the major, the meat and potatoes, so to speak. And retirement planning is like golf. If you can master the basics, the basic fundamentals, that's 90% of it right there. The other 10% is more like the technical stuff. Years and years ago, there was a golfer. They interviewed Davis Love III. He's now retired, or maybe he's in the senior PGA. I don't personally know, but that's who they interviewed. And they said, how do you practice? You're a professional golfer. How do you practice during the week when you're not competing? And he said, well, I just focus 90% of what I practice is the fundamentals which in golf he called grip, stance, and alignment. He said his brother was his golf instructor and his caddy, and he said, I just focus on grip, stance, and alignment 90% of the time, and that really dictates the success that I have in the tournaments. So it's the same with retirement planning. Again, focus on the basic fundamentals, and that's 90% of it right there. So hopefully that helps explain how you get both spouses on the same page with building a retirement plan. And oftentimes the spouse that kind of handles more of the financial aspects of the household, they'll just kind of focus too much on the details and it confuses the other spouse and they just kind of shut down and say, ah, it's just, it's not my thing. You handle it. And sometimes this can lead to frustration, or like I said, the worst thing that can happen is something happens to the spouse who's running the financial household, and then the other one stuck left in the dark trying to pick up the pieces. They've got no plan that they've developed together. They're not on the same page, and that can be a very, very emotional time and can lead to a lot of stress and heartache and all that kind of stuff. So in my opinion, the real, real benefit of a retirement plan, and again, this is my opinion, is it tends to lead to peace of mind and confidence when it comes to retirement, but it has to be, again, easily understood by both spouses. And again, that's my opinion. And where people kind of go wrong with the financial plans and trying to build their own is they don't cover the what ifs in life. Well, what if this happens? How are we going to react? What if the market doesn't perform the way we had expected it to? What do we do? And so it's kind of a house built with sticks, so to speak. And then come to find out there's a bad storm. And then you find out, well, this house, this retirement plan, it had some pitfalls and it was not built to weather the test of time. Next, I wanted to kind of shift gears. I've had a lot of meetings, review meetings, and meetings with phone, Zoom, and in-person meetings, not only with podcast listeners, but also we have a Retirement Made Easy TV show. And people find us either referred to us that are kind of looking for help with retirement planning. And our sole focus at my company, St. Louis Retirement Advisors, is we only work with people 50 and over as they're wanting to plan for a successful retirement. So it's, we hear a lot of different stories, a lot of different goals, 
People come from all backgrounds, have different resources. Some have pensions, some don't. All kinds of different professions. So it's a lot of fun developing these retirement plans for people based on, like I said, the retirement they envision, not some cookie cutter approach. But some of the questions that came in that I thought our listeners would really, really benefit from hearing, one of the questions was as far as inheritance and an expected inheritance that might impact the direction of your retirement. And I had a couple of people this week actually say, can we build in an inheritance of X amount of dollars coming in two years or five years or 10 years? And my answer to that is, I don't like doing that. Ultimately, the plans we create, of course, are customized. And if someone is adamant about having an inheritance in the terms that they determine, we will include it in the plan. However, if I had my choice, I would elect to not include it in the plan. And this is why. I could tell you story after story after story after story of situations where someone was anticipating an inheritance or no inheritance at all, and they were surprised with what they ended up getting. What can happen? Well, quite simply, the last couple of years that mom or dad or your aunt and uncle or whoever it is that you would be inheriting money from, they can change their estate planning and they can reduce the amount somebody gets, not include them at all, take them out. All kinds of things can happen. And the recipient, the person that would inherit the money, they're unaware of those changes. That's happened more times than I really can count. So that's one thing. Another thing, end-of-life care, long-term care. Well, that can eat away at a lot of that, I call it a state value, if you will, because the costs of long-term care are so high. And if someone, I mean, if let's say it's $8,000 a month in a year's time, that's $96,000. Also, the estate and the portfolio of assets, how are they settled? How are they invested? If the market dives like it did last year in 2022, gosh, the value of the estate could be 20% lower or more in a single year. And the other thing is, is putting a timeline on it. It's kind of cold and sensitive because unless somebody's death is imminent, how long do we know somebody's going to live? It really is impossible to predict with any grain of accuracy. And the other thing is sometimes there's a probate process. And that can last a long, long time. If things are not registered correctly and set up correctly, a lot of the estate may end up in probate and that may delay any inheritance that you receive. Or even the estate, there might be somebody challenging that and saying, oh, in the probate process, they come out of the woodwork and they say, oh, I am entitled. I feel I'm entitled to X percent of the estate. And then you have all that to deal with. So a lot of things can happen. So until somebody actually receives the inheritance, typically we're not including it in somebody's retirement plan. But again, our clients do call the shots and I am not going to steer someone away. I can just caution at what I have experienced and witnessed in my own eyes doing this for quite some time is that things don't always go as planned when it comes to inheriting money. 
And in my opinion, we don't want, if we can avoid it, the overall success of your retirement to be determined by a future inheritance. To me, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. That's a risk that I can live without, so to speak. And I hope you would agree that that makes sense. And then the last question comes from a meeting that I actually had two weeks ago. And their question was about assumptions when you're looking ahead at retirement saying, okay, we're going to be retired 30 years now. What's the best way to do that? Well, like the cost of living, how much are your costs going to go up over the next 30 years? And if you've learned anything from this podcast, you know, I am a big believer in the rising cost of living. And what I mean by that is costs go up over time. It's almost impossible to keep your expenses fixed because the cost of insurance, whether it's auto insurance or health insurance or homeowners insurance, whatever it is, those tend to go up over time. Your grocery bill tends to go up over time. Utility bill. In our neighborhood, I think our the trash collection went up, and it's billed quarterly, but it just went up like 15%. And a lot of the retired folks in my neighborhood are very dissatisfied. They're very unhappy with that, that they could raise rates like that. Property taxes tend to go up. All these different things tend to cost more in retirement. It's more expensive to live. And if you're one of those people with a pension that is fixed for the rest of your life, well, the first year of retirement is going to be the best it ever looks. The dollar amount will be maintained for the rest of your life, assuming the pension fund doesn't default. But what a dollar will buy in the first year of retirement will be the most that it ever buys just because of the cost of living going up and up and up over the years. So with that being said, what do we plan for? And you've got to kind of go with a historic average. In my opinion, if you're looking at a 30-year retirement, you would take a 30-year average. Now, I don't think what you can do is to say, okay, the highest it's been in the last 30 years was last year, it was 8%. So we'll do an 8% inflation. I mean, to me, that's just kind of overshooting it. So what we do is, again, go with an average if you want to go slightly above that, because we can look at the last 30 years, but we don't know what the next 30 years are going to be. But again, this is planning. This is using assumptions. And if history is any guide, and I'll argue it's the only guide we have, I would expect the next 30 years, the cost of living to be somewhat close to the last 30 years. And of course, Social Security, they report how they have increased the cost of living adjustment for Social Security benefits over the years. I mean, it's all at ssa.gov for you to enjoy and read about, but we are a little less optimistic about Social Security in the future. So we tend to make the COLA, the cost of living adjustment for somebody's retirement plan, a little on the conservative side, less than we hope it will be, less than the 30-year average. Again, trying to make the plan more conservative. So I hope that helps. I hope this episode has been insightful. You've maybe learned or it's been a little thought-provoking for you. If you have questions, visit my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'll see you next time. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, 
or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.